everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Mr. Hugh Stevenson. Good morning, Emma. Hugh, I'm glad to have you back. You were here for Revelation. Yes. This numbers is a little bit different than Revelation. Equally cool, though. That's Hey, I'd agree with you. Um, we will link your past episode where you shared your story in the episode description. I'm not going to make you do it again. Uh, but because we have more time, I think we should just jump right in since you've got two chapters. Uh, and Hugh, I would love for you to just share, what do you do before you approach a big passage like this? Well, I had some some important teaching recently that helps me understand really what God wants us to understand when we approach the Bible at all, when we think about Him. And it, uh, I'm going to phrase it the way the people that I got phrased it. Our heart longs for a home that we have never seen. Hmm. And God created Adam and Eve to live and dwell in that home, but we're not there anymore. And so he wants us to know now who he is, and because of who he is, who we are, and because of those two things, what does he want us to know about how to live our life? Hmm. And every word of Scripture, 1,189 chapters, 66 books, 800,000 words, plus or minus, it conveys those messages. Hmm. So I want to look at Numbers 35 and Numbers 36, what does he want me to know about who he is, who am I, and how do I live it out? I love it. Why don't we, why don't we go through those? I mean, what do, what do Numbers 35 and 36 teach us about God? What I would say in starting out again is that 2 Timothy 3.16 is certainly true, and it calls us to a fork in the road. Is this the Word of God, or is it not the Word of God? Is Jesus who he says he is? Is the resurrection a true factual event? And if that's the case, God is going to reveal himself to us in all of Scripture. And when I go through Numbers 35 and Numbers 36, what I see is the graciousness and kindness and love of God manifested in how he provides for the Israelites as they prepare uh, to enter the land. Hmm. And in uh, 35, chapter 35, he goes through how he has set aside cities for the Levites. And God is their inheritance. They don't have an inheritance of the land. But he provides 48 cities for them. And then he gives them the material provision of the pasture land and obviously the tithes of the tithes. And so he is faithful to his promises and he will provide for us in every way that's important, materially and spiritually. Hmm. And in that, he also creates these sanctuary cities. And in these sanctuary cities, he shows that he is a God of justice. Uh, and in this justice, he makes a distinction between individuals who commit an accidental murder and individuals who commit an intentional murder. Hmm. And for an accidental murderer... He allows them a place to have sanctuary. And in that place of sanctuary, he gets a trial for an impartial group of elders. And any conviction is going to require the testimony of two witnesses. And so you can look at that and see how today, 
in our provision of laws in the United States some basis of how we got here mm. with the same thing. And what is really amazing is when the high priest dies, that serves as the atonement for the guilty person. Mm. And so obviously that links us right to the death of Jesus uh, and his atonement for us on the cross and links to the writer of Hebrews 4. In Hebrews 4, 14, it says, Jesus is our great high priest. And so God is reminding us over and over again that he is a God of justice and he provides for everyone. But in the same justice, an intentional murder uh, is going to be brought to justice. Hmm. And God is a God of purity. And in that God of purity, the land has to be pure and the people have to be pure. So blood that spills on the land is going to require purification. And one who spills another blood, that person's blood will be spilled. Hmm. And if the murderer is convicted of the murder, he is to be put to death by the people because you don't have a police force. Right. At that point, you don't have a prison system. So that's a lot. That's great. I mean, that, it's amazing. We, that's just chapter 35. But there right. is so much about God. What, what about, I mean, what do these passages teach us about who we are as people? What do you learn about man? A reminder that we are fallen and broken people. Hmm. And that despite all of our mistakes, despite a more or less constant repetition of sin and rebellion and resistance, that God keeps his promises to us, and we will remain in his blessing even though we are disobedient mm. and even though we rebel. That may cause him to partially remove his hand of blessing. But the promises that he gave to Abraham of land, seed, and blessing will remain mm. uh, for his people, even though there be individuals who will not be a part of that. Well. Wow. Um, how do you how do you respond to these chapters thirty five and th- thirty six? How do you live it out? For me, um, it's all about thanksgiving and gratitude, and the call on the power of the Holy Spirit in prayer to live up to His standard uh, to the best that I can. And He has promised He will come to dwell with me, and He gives me the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, uh, and He gives me a vision of what heaven is going to be like in, in Revelation. And he, he gives the Israelites a highly specific set of instructions on how to retain their purity and holiness. And that calls me to a standard of living and an orientation of my heart that elevates the target that I want to live through, not through mm-hmm. works, but through the power of the Spirit, to live a life that is called out and proclaims what he wants me to proclaim, which is our job. I say we're called to proclaim, witness, and teach. Psalm 71, 18, Acts 1, 8, and Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Mm, that's so good, Hugh. Um, what, what else from this passage? Any other observations, things that stand out, points you want to hit? Well, in chapter 36, yeah, let's if, we, if we can move to that, uh, we get to go. It's not my favorite Bible name, but it's up there. Zelophehad. Mm. 
I had to go to the ESV audio uh, to get that. I do that too to figure out how yeah, they say yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I think what's fascinating there is that was apparently a unique situation where you had all these daughters, and because of they didn't have men to marry, and if they married outside the tribe, then the tribe was going to lose that allocation of land. Mm. And God promises land, seeds, and blessing and promises that that land will stay in those lines and those mm-hmm. allocations. And so God provides. God provides a solution to this problem that comes up in this really interesting and unique way. It didn't surprise him. But he knows that he's going to have to walk with the people along the way as they encounter difficulties and problems and situations that don't seem to have a solution. And he's going to create a perfect solution, which he does here. Hmm. Uh, And he says, you will marry the men within your tribe. And therefore, all the land will stay within your tribe. And that's his promise of purity and uh, of having all the land stay with the same group of people all the way down the line. Amazing. I love I love the picture of, of God's purity and his plan that he doesn't just give the Israelites these high standards and not help them see how they can live within them. Uh, rather, he, he shows them how to live within the standards that yes. he sets, which is amazing. We've got 30 seconds. Final thoughts or you feel good? Final thoughts. And this is something that's, again, behind all 66 books, 1,189 uh, chapters and 800,000 words, is spiritual warfare. What we don't see articulated in these two chapters is that Satan is behind us constantly tempting us into his ways versus God's ways. And so that is part of what we see with a repeated cycle of rebellion and disobedience and ingratitude. Hmm. And we must understand that we are subject to the same temptations and the same rebellion because of the spiritual battles that are happening in the unseen realm. And we have to remember that. And it's easy to sit there and say, well, how could Moses do that? How could Aaron say that? But we are subject to the same temptations. We are. It's a sobering reminder. Very sobering. Hugh, thank you for being here. Thank you for um, diligently studying. I learned from you. I appreciated the way you walked through the text. It's going to be a great time studying Joshua together. If you've got friends, community groups, family members, it's an excellent time to invite them to join you. Uh, Reading through Joshua is probably going to feel a little bit easier than reading through numbers, but uh, we'll be here on the podcast every day as you journey through Joshua. And as always, I am so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Amen. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.